Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement. We are live from the Bell Room at Ironmonger Brewing in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're going to be talking with Stowe, Vermont's Von Trapp Brewing. I'm Tim Dennis, and this is a new era for Beer Guys Radio. We bid farewell to Aaron Williams last week, and my man, Brian Hewitt, is stepping up from Phil Operative to a full-time co-host. Brian, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Tim. It's uh, it's crazy to be full co-host of the show. It seems like only yesterday I was just dropping by the studio to watch whenever there happened to be enough room. Now I'm... One of the guys in the main mic, it's pretty exciting. But, uh, you know, having me as co-host isn't the only thing new happening here. We also have Jerry Payne in the house. Jerry has joined the team as our audio engineer. Welcome aboard, Jerry. Hello. Happy to be here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Been in uh, Atlanta radio for about 10 years and happy to join you guys and talk some beer. It's good times, man. Jerry is bringing the pain to the beer. (laughs) Absolutely. So another busy week here, Brian. Lots going on as there always is in Atlanta anymore. So what'd you get into this week? Well, I got into pretty much every Orpheus beer ever made. Okay. So I went to the uh, the four-day-long fourth-anniversary Orpheus thing, the uh, the Cherry Day, and especially the Spontaneous Day. And Man, I love those spontaneous beers. Did you go all four days? I didn't. I had to okay. skip the Stout Day because yeah. there's just no way I could do both of those back-to-back. Even I. Well, not with that attitude. Well, yeah, that's right. I could have if I just stayed there. But uh, so I had those, the spontaneous beers. Also made a trip over to Porter Pizza and Brewery to check out some of their IPAs. We had a New England IPA and a West Coast IPA. And I actually thought they were both pretty good. They were, yeah, solid yeah. beers. Yeah. And one last thing, I watched, I watched the new Solo movie while drinking Hanbro. Did you? Okay. <laughs> was that the perfect match made in heaven? There was that just all it should have been. Yeah, it was pretty good. I had, I'd been drinking for a while, so it was, it was okay. Bad. Was the beer or the movie bad? Probably the beer. Okay. Yeah. All right. How about you, Tim? What did you get into? So I did some of the same stuff you did, Brian. Went to Orpheus Cherry Day. I didn't try and double up like you did. You know, went over there and enjoyed the Cherry Day. Some really good beers. Uh, Yesternow was one that I enjoyed that uh, Jason was going around giving samples of. And another one that I really enjoyed was the Dark River 2, which was uh, with chilies and cocoa. And they had Dark River 1, which was with coffee, and you loved it. Oh, yeah. That was so coffee because it was just super heavy coffee actually a little too much for me on the coffee now I like my coffee beers but that one was a little too much but I think if you cuvee those if you put a little uh, little number one with number two I think it would have been right on point did you ever try that no no we talked about that I never got to that oh yeah yeah so then over to Porter Pizza which had tasty pizza nice pizza yes. nice pretzel there you know a couple of tasty beers so another cool place to uh, to check out there and then uh, we went to Pontoon Brewing Check that out. Uh, their new fluffy otter that they're doing. 
which is oatmeal cream style with uh, lactose, vanilla, and marshmallows. So that was a good one. Taste madness. And uh, a little bottle of share broke out there and had uh, Zebulon Alice, something out of Asheville area. Really enjoyed that. So uh, that was kind of my week. So, Jerry, how about you? Well, I got to go over to Pontoon as well and enjoyed the fluffy otter. And they also had a flight there for us. And the, uh, was the red ale they had? I think Freedom, Freedom Bird? Freedom Bird. American Strong Ale. American Strong Ale. Okay. Right. Something I would have never ordered, but really, really enjoyed. It was really nice. And they did the, uh, the bottle share there. I think it's Brahmani. And the uh, beer was uh, Triangular Optics. Just loved that. Really had really good flavor. Was that on the that. one with the really cool label? Yeah, it looked like a Jimi Hendrix yeah, album cover. It's awesome. It's pretty great. Very psychedelic, yes. <laughs> and then I was uh, lucky enough to get one of the Dry County and Variant collaborations, one of the uh, Crowler of the uh, Luxury Fiber that they do. I think it's a cashmere hop, I believe, in right. that one. So that's uh, what where the name comes from. And really enjoyed that one, too. Very cool. Very cool. So we've got a bunch of uh, interesting beers on deck for this week. What are we going to drink today? Crack open a cold one. It's the Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Woo-hoo! Craft beer and food trucks in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. We have a ton of stuff, Brian. There's so many beers that we've got here. We have uh, Von Trapp, of course, our guest. They were kind enough to send us some beer, and we've been enjoying their Kolsch. We pre-gamed with their Kolsch here, which is really nice. We also have their Pilsner, and uh, we have their uh, Hellaslaw. So looking, yeah, we have the Hellas Lager, the Pilsner, and uh, the Kolsch, which we've enjoyed. We also have a couple others here that uh, Jerry, you brought one, and uh, oh gosh, I can't even say the name of that. It's it's a novel. Where is that thing? It's it's in the cooler, but that's one of those Mexican cake break biscotti cookie. Yeah, it's stuff, a so right? it's the Mexican. I couldn't find any Mexican cake. I know it's out there right now. So I did find the collaboration they did with Evil Twin, and the label is pretty much Moby Dick. Right, so uh, don't have the full name right now. Stay tuned. For that. We'll get the we'll get that back for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So also, uh, Brian, I think you brought a bottle of Orpheus yesterday. Now I did. That we're going to get into. I did bring a can of Pontoon's Fluffy Otter Ooh. that we can sample and uh, Reformation Alani, and that's actually going to tie in, I think, into our news a little bit later. You have so, which is a rosé ale that uh, Reformation does up there, a wine beer hybrid. So and you'll Indeed. get to that a little bit more. So. Speaking of news, Brian, what's happened in our headlines? All right, we've got a bunch of interesting stuff. I will start off since you led me into that uh, rosé situation. I was reading some news. Uh, Willamette Week over in the Northwest is saying rosé ales are hot right now. And really, that's, that's as much as there is about that. I just, hey, we have one. I have several of them. And we were talking about it the other day. In fact, uh, um, Jerry had not even tried one yet, and it was really interested in trying it. So I thought it all came together. It was kind of kismet in terms of beer, so mm-hmm. we had to go that route. Um, now, they have a neat name for the style over there, don't they? Oh. I, say brose? No, no, no. It's rose. It is rose. I think well, it's said rose. No, so, Well, no. they should use that. They, so maybe they should. I'm pretty sure somebody has. That sounds, yes. like, a, uh, that sounds like a Monday night name. That could be. Yeah. So, so if someone hasn't used it, I wouldn't be surprised to see it out there. So we've got some uh, timely and relevant developments in the, the Northeast. The Brewers Association has told us that Vermont has passed a franchise reform bill. Uh, in case some of the listeners aren't familiar with franchise laws and how they go, uh, this, they govern the relationships between brewers and distributors. In this case, the, uh, the bill stipulates how a small brewer can terminate the relationship with a distributor in several different scenarios. And, and here, a small beer, uh, brewer is one that's under 50K barrels a year and is less than 3% of this 
distributors' total sales by volume. So basically, you've got good uh, good cause and no cause to uh, to separate. And good cause, you have to give 120 days notice unless there's a written agreement, and then everything's cool. But no cause, you have you have 30 days notice, but you've got to pay the distributor annual gross sales, uh, gross profits on the products they sell from your brewery for five years. That that sounds insane. And uh, you know, I read through it, and I was wondering if maybe there was something that I missed there as to how that worked, but. We're actually fortunately going to have a Vermont brewer on today, so we'll talk to him a little bit about that. I think he'll have some opinions. Yes, definitely. So uh, we've got some uh, interesting drama and controversy uh, expanding, actually. Sean Hill from Hill Farmstead recently has clarified his comments about craft beer and mental health. So I don't know if you saw the article or not. It went, it went around a lot. But uh, the UK's morning advisor have basically wrote an article in which they were saying Sean Hill did an entire, uh, basically an interview about uh, the, the relationship between mental health and alcohol consumption and how it is ignored by members of the beer and brewing society, or industry, not society, but uh, they also say that uh, Sean's mental health took a little bit of a hit while he, when he won his award in 2013. So he, uh, he said he did, he did say some things, quote, but they were taken out of context, and it was a very small percentage of the interview, and he was kind of guided, led along by the uh, interviewer okay. to put together a story that they That never to, happened. Yeah, that never, never happened. Never. So, so. He's, uh, he took the beer advocate to clear that up. Was that, was that with Beer Advocate, the interview? Yeah. No, no, no. no. The, uh, the the original story was okay. UK, uh, UK. Right. in the UK. Because uh, when we talked to Dan Shelton, he mentioned that the article that Beer Advocate had written on him had some uh, uh, misinformation, we'll say. So, yeah. Now, Brian, one more thing real quick. I believe another rock and roll band has dropped us a beer, right? You are correct. Def Leppard has collaborated uh, with Elysian Brewing to create Def Leppard Pale that's coming out in association with their tour with Journey this year. Very so, cool. rock and roll beers. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We need to take a quick break, but coming right back, we're going to be talking with Brewmaster J.P. Williams of Vermont's Von Trap Brewing. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing. Establishing a new standard in craft beer. Are you thinking about opening a brewery or brew pub in the Atlanta area? If so, take a look at the park at Georgetown. This unique community will feature a collection of restaurants as well as a craft brewery located within the new JW Homes Luxury Development, Dunwoody Green. Conveniently located less than half a mile from I-285, this enclave of restaurants will be the gathering place in Dunwoody. Crim and Associates, the developer of the park at Georgetown, wants to talk to you. For more information, call Stephen St. Paul at 404-256-2960, extension 5. That's 404 404- 256-2960, extension 5. All right, welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. For more great craft beer info, visit us on the web at beerguysradio.com. We're back in the studio with Von Trapp Brewing's J.P. Williams. Hey, J.P., how you doing? 
Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. You bet, man. You bet. So, JP, we start off a lot of times with a what we think is a simple question. It can be complex for some people, but what is your craft beer story? How did you get involved in the world of craft beer? Well, uh, I have a very similar story to a lot of people out there is uh, going to college in New Hampshire, the neighboring state to Vermont where we live. Uh, I wanted to drink beer underage and I didn't want people to buy it for me. So I bought a little homebrew kit and uh, exploded many bottles and uh, had some happy roommates after that. But uh, that kind of lit my fire, so to speak. Very cool. You know, I wish I had smart enough to do that when I was under eight. So I just kept trying to find people to, to... No, I never did that. I waited till I was 20. I never even knew that was possible. Right? Seriously. I didn't even think of it as a possibility there. So now before you got to uh, Von Trapp, you did some other brewing. So a uh, big journey for you. You brewed with Magic Act, correct? I did, yeah. I started there in 02. Uh, it was a great time back in those days. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's the farm league of, of brewing, so to speak. There's a lot of uh, big, bigger breweries in Vermont that uh, those people started off at Magic Hat. So it was a lot of fun working with some like-minded people and, uh, you know, back in the early days of craft. So Very cool. And that's uh, moving over to Von Trapp, though, going from a big brewery like Magic Hat, which that was the brewery back in the day. Oh, two in that. Magic Hat was one. That was one of the craft ones that everybody looked for. But uh, what's it like moving to a, a smaller brewery? Oh, it's fantastic. You know, it's, uh, you know, like you said, Matt, uh, Magic Cat was, uh, you know, there's tremendous people that work there, still work there. Uh, but, you know, coming to the Von Trapp family, it's a family owned uh, business. We have a, a, a lodge with, uh, you know, over 2000 acres of, of land, a mountain bike coming here is just phenomenal. I mean, it's, you know, Stowe, Vermont, my, 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 surroundings are the, the mountain of the Stowe mountain resort. And, uh, I'll trade that in for, um, you know, the busy road with the car dealerships and, uh, that kind of stuff any day of the week. So, so what's the beer scene like in Stowe and, and greater Vermont? Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's killer. Uh, Stowe is actually home to, um, not only, uh, Von Trapp, but also the alchemist and, uh, idle time brewing, which is, uh, right down the road from us. Uh, so it's a tremendous location, uh, dock ponds or some great beer bars locally, um, you know, Picasso, there's some just all around good, good vibe. Uh, you know, Waterbury kind of started the whole scene out this way. And then it's kind of caught on Stowe, Morrisville, Morrisville. There's a lot of great breweries, Lost Nation, Rock Art. Um, it's just a good, good area to be, you know. And you said just before we uh, came on the air here that summer has arrived and stuff. So. Uh, oh, yeah. Where it's, uh, it was 85 yesterday and uh, closer to 85, 87 today. And uh, it's, you know, you, you really love being a brewer on these hot days. It's uh, Oh, yes. I, yeah. I can only imagine down south what it truly is to brew in the, in the southern heat. You know, we're one of the few states where brewers actually lose weight when they enter the industry. <laughs> we're not even brewing and we're sweating. Out. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Now, the uh, the Von Trapp family, there's a lot of other things are in. Uh, you've mentioned a few of them there, but uh, I believe cheese making. You do cheese there, too. Is that uh, correct? That's actually over in Waitsfield. That's the cousin of Johannes. Uh, that's okay. the All right. uh, same family name as well. But, um, you know, they on property here, they all the all the uh, meat comes from, you know, they have livestock, uh, the chickens, eggs, as well as pork. Um, so it's, you know, they do their own maple sugaring here as well. So it's a, 
a very cool place to work. You know, our, our, our brewing water comes off of a six inch uh, spring line off the mountain. So it's uh pure, you know, great for lager production, 5.9 uh, pH. Perfect for, uh, for that kind of, you know, for what we do. So, so we've got a ski lodge, we've got local cheese, uh, farm raised chickens and such a uh, craft brewery and that. So, I think I may head up that way. It sounds like the place to be. Absolutely, please do. It's a you know, it's a des- destination area. You know, and uh, what what better uh, beer hall, brew pub setting that has a hotel that if you drink too many samples, so. <laughs> but can't so you, you, oh, I'm sorry. You said that your uh, your uh, beer, you do the water you use is from a. A spring, correct? You don't. That's just naturally ideal for brewing lagers and such. Uh, yep. Uh, we obviously we change pH via acidulated malt uh, for the different styles that we make. But um, yeah, it's a perfect uh, water. Uh, this is for this kind of location. I was going to ask if you had to do some water chemistry for that, or if it was pretty ideal. But that's that's neat that you've got a really unique you know water source to uh, to hook you up for the beer. Down here, we just take buckets out of the Chattahoochee. That's how most of our brewers. <laughs> so, garden hoses and whatnot. Yeah. Now, a question I think we have to bring up here. I think most people who know Vermont and know Vermont breweries, you are smack in the middle there in the northeast of the hazy IPA mecca of the U.S. So... Has there been a temptation on your side to jump on that haze craze bandwagon? No, you know, we did get into the uh, the IPL and the double IPL uh, category, which are both phenomenal beers, uh, but they're uh, they're still lagers. You know, like we still store them for 30 days. It's, it's hard for us to even to, to, to comprehend that. Um, you know, we're obviously different. Um, we, we've been different for a while. You know, the owner loves lager beer he's from austria and uh it's we we're definitely we stick out but you're seeing now that you know pilsners and helices are becoming mainstream so um you know it's the the new england ipa style is is amazing to see the traction what you know the the early days of it but um to me i'm a uh, especially with this heat you know when you get those uh orange juice beers i just uh you know to each his own you know it's just uh not my uh, not my style but they, they get a bit thick you know milk was a bad choice that sort of thing <laughs> so yeah, over over the past year we've seen a, a number of things reported saying that basically pilsners lagers and session beers have been growing at a rate that really exceeds other styles have you seen a big influx of new businesses result or has the demand for your beer stayed more or less the same you know, kind of consistent yeah, you know, we're actually just about to roll out Virginia, so we're going south. Uh, we've, we're still in the northeast, essentially, um, you know, all of the northeast, uh, New Jersey, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, and then we're going into uh, Maryland and Virginia. You know, obviously, um, we make lagers. People know that we make lager beer, um, so we're the kind of that good shelf alternative, maybe, um, for someone who might not want to go all in on a 8% beer of some sort uh but yeah i mean um you you hit the head on the nail you know people are changing gears good brewers are making helices and pilsners because you cannot hide imperfections of beer behind uh you know uh, three to one pound a barrel ratio of hops so it's uh it's uh you know it's it's uh, it's they've been making them for hundreds of years and uh, i'm glad to see it 
catching fire here in the States. So, You know, something I don't think anyone's done, and you could be a trendsetter on this, I have not seen a tropical milkshake pilsner anywhere uh, yeah i can't uh, i can't say that that's in our uh research and development phase but <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna see it from bond trap either <laughs> part of the run high school bond it's uh, yeah, you know, right. lactose sugars and uh, barley and hops and yeast yeah anyway. very cool awesome you know we want to get into this a little bit i think we're coming up on a break here but we'll, we'll kind of set it up before we go we've read recently that vermont just passed franchises and uh, we know that's a, a big subject in a lot of states. For those not familiar with what we mean when we say franchise law, that has to deal with the brewer-distributor relationship. And uh, in many states, brewers just have no recourse to, uh, to alter or change or leave a distributor. They're basically tied to them. And in most places, the uh, concessions for them leaving the distributor can be damaging or even fatal to their business. So it's something that's a big deal. So... JP, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and kind of get your take on the changes here. So, you betcha. Yeah, you are you are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back right after this to talk more with JP Williams of Bond Trap Group. We are Reformation Brewery, celebrating the reformer in you. Locally crafted within the renowned Etowah watershed of Woodstock, Georgia, Reformation creates yeast-forward brews full of aroma and flavor crafted to last. Come see us in beautiful Woodstock, Georgia, for a tour and tasting of unique brews that you can't find anywhere else. Reformation Brewery, set beer free. ReformationBrewery.com. If you're in Atlanta, make sure to visit Sweetwater's Woodlands and sample their amazing wild, sour, and barrel-aged beers. For the real craft beer fans, the Woodlands Circle Beer Club offers six unique beers covering a variety of styles. Series 1 has just wrapped up, and Series 2 will begin releasing this summer. Some of the styles planned include a pastry-inspired barrel-aged imperial stout and a gin barrel-aged grisette. Visit the Woodlands now or get more info on the Woodlands Circle and sign up at sweetwaterbrew.com club. That's sweetwaterbrew.com club. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We want to give a shout out to our newest radio affiliate, The Authority, WRKQ, 1250 AM. Catch Beer Guys Radio on WRKQ every Sunday at 11 AM Eastern. And we're back with Von Trapp Brewing, and we're talking to their brewmaster, J.P. Williams. Absolutely. And Brian, I believe WRKQ is in lovely Madisonville, Tennessee. Is that Did right? I, did I miss that? You yeah. missed that. It's okay. We'll fill it in there. We got it. Everybody knows now. So we're all set. They are all informed. They're informed. They have the 411. So, JP, thank you so much again for joining us today. We're enjoying all your beers, and we're, uh, we're on the Hellas Lager now. Is that right, Brian? Is that what we just opened? That is correct. Very I had a good. mouthful of it when you were asking. Okay, there we go. So just before we went to break, we set up a little bit talking about uh, Vermont's uh, franchise reform. And we've read that, uh, you know what, I'll let you say it. So what does the new law mean for your brewer-distributor relationship? Well, obviously, it changes uh, the relationships tremendously. Uh, first off, uh, you know, all this wouldn't be possible without the uh, aid of the Vermont Brewers Association and uh, their, the executive director, Melissa Corbin. Uh, she's been putting in countless hours to uh, help 
you know, help this cause. Uh, being the first in the country, it's uh, pretty unique. You know, we're kind of setting the standards. And for smaller breweries, um, you know, it gives them kind of uh, wiggle room to uh, play against the uh, bigger bigger fish in the sea. You know, it's kind of uh, leveling the playing field, so to speak. So what was the situation like before the brew film? Uh, you know, honestly, it's um, – this is not in regards to us. You know, we have a, a great relationship with Feral Distributing. Uh, they're our Vermont distributor. They're, they kill it. You know, we sell a ton of beer through them. Um, so we're perfectly happy with them. But if we weren't perfectly happy with them, it would give us um, – we'd have real no way out. Um, and you're kind of stuck in the marriage and waiting for your kids to turn 18 kind of thing. Um right. Or you just don't sell them beer for a year, which obviously is not the best idea in the world. Um, but, you know, this gives, um, you know, exit strategies for newer breweries to um, to pursue. So Now, looking over the law, I saw that they have what they consider, if I remember the verbiage correctly, was a good cause and no cause. Correct. Or is that correct? So, and under the good cause, you have to give 120-day notice allow the distributor to rectify any issues that you consider part of your good cause. And then once all that's said and done, it goes to the superior court who gets to decide whether or not good cause exists to get out of the relationship. But if you, if you just decide that I don't like this distributor, I want to move to another one and you have no cause. If I read correctly, you have to pay that distributor the equivalent of the average of five years gross profits yeah. to leave the distributor. Absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty outrageous and, uh, you know, it needed to be, you know, wrecked. So this seems like, and I know from dealing with it here in Georgia, sometimes law changes are incremental. And, and you make a change and you're like, look, this is an idea, but it's better than what we have. And we can build from this. Is uh, you, Do you know, is that kind of the situation? Uh, with this in Vermont? Yeah, I mean, it's very similar. Uh, you know, just like Georgia Vermonters are uh, very uh, outspoken people and uh, they stand up for what they believe in. And, uh, you know, this is a, uh, you know, an axe to grind. And, uh, you know, people were, people were, you know, all for it. So. Well, change is good. So it's it's good that there's some reform there and, you know, they can look forward to having at least an opportunity. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. Yeah, a little bit of a, a window is better than nothing. But uh, let's talk about beer. So we mentioned earlier we uh, just opened up the Hellas Lager. What can you uh, What can you tell us about this beer? Who? It's uh, my lawnmower beer. You know, my go to beer. Um, you know, I'm uh, a little nervous. Have a beer. No, I'm just joking. Uh, it's uh, four yeah. four point nine ABV. Uh, you know, super super drinkable beer. It's uh, Pilsner malt, Munich malt. There's actually a touch of smoked malt in there. Um, which, yeah, believe it or not, uh, just a touch. You know, obviously, we're not getting into the smoke Tellus range, but uh, just to uh, keep it, um, you know, it, to me, it, it helps out the uh, the the Pilsner, and it, it kind of cuts into the breadiness a little bit. Um, but essentially, uh, we, all tradition German hops, uh, Pearl and Hollertown Tetnang. Um, it's a filtered lager. It's our only filtered lager in the brewery. And uh, we like to thank Paul Filtration, who uh, did some great events down at the Craft Brewers Conference with uh, Fat Bottom and Monday Night Brewing. That's my little shout out to them. Uh, they're not going to give me a Paul shirt. I asked for a lab coat, but they didn't give me any. Uh, but now the uh, the Hellas, it's um, you know, it's it's it used to be our top selling beer until uh, we came out with our Pilsner. Um, it's a very uh, approachable beer. We always call it a gateway beer. Um, you know, you can also just call it beer. It's uh, 
It's just beer. It's beer or just. Right. Yep, absolutely. And that's, but, you know, that, that's a good point. Talking about that as gateway beers. And I've seen something. I'm one of the internet nerds. I go on the forums. I go on the beer boards. I read around out there what's going on. And many times, and I'll say this as a general rule of thumb, beer geeks, don't be a jerk to new guys. Don't be a jerk to new guys. If he comes in there and you think he's cool because he comes in and says, hey, guys, I really love Bud Light but I want to start an experiment with craft beer. If the first six people telling him how horrible his palate is and how awful that is and throw it away, that's the first impression he has of craft beer people. That's not what you want. So he, and he's coming there saying he wants to learn. And beers like this, like a good craft pilsner, can help him step into that. You know, not everybody wants to come in and jump into a double IPA or something like that. So these gateway beers are great, you know, and he may get a Pilsner, a craft Pilsner that he loves and never want anything else, or he could try a hundred from there. So, but don't be, don't be mean to the new guys. <laughs> welcome. Baby steps, just like with the, uh, the, the brewing, uh, brewery reform, uh, reform. That's it. Yes. Yeah. If I can Bring him in there. Yes. Let him check it out. So now, uh, we've seen that you guys have uh, brought in a lot of awards for your loggers, even when loggers weren't cool, you know, in the craft brewing community, it looks like 2015 was a great year for you. Um, had a, a few more in 2018. So what do you think, uh, you know, is kind of your philosophy there going, going towards metals? Is it something you strive for? Or do you just make the best beer you can? Yeah. I mean, we just basically, um, we love making beer. We have a great team here. Uh, a great family owns it. We just make the best beer we can essentially. Um, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's why we do what we do. You know, that's why we wake up in the morning. So so I've noticed that, uh, as we've discussed, you're, you're very much known for your lagers, but I've also seen, I uh, was checking out on tap to see what beers you had. I noticed you have a, a Weiss beer and a Hefeweizen, and those are both ales, right? Or, or are you doing something interesting there with, with lagering yeast and lagering these, these beers? Uh, nope. Uh, our Weiss beer is an ale. Uh, we use a, a German ale or a German uh, Weiss beer strain for that, uh, Bavarian lager. Uh, Bavarian strain, as well as our um, our Kolsch is also uh, German ale yeast. So we do branch out and do ale production, which is always fun for us because, uh, you know, we're not hurry up and waiting with the lagers. You know, it's uh, a quicker turnover and, uh, you know, it gets to do more traditional uh, Bavarian styles. So it's fun. Now, I think you mentioned earlier, maybe, did you say 30 days in lagering and that? So what's your typical turnaround you know, for, uh, from brew day to uh, tap. We're about 44 days. Um, you know, we, we do about uh, two week fermentation and then 30 day lagering. Uh, to me, um, you know, we have capacity right now. We have a, a new Rolex facility with, you know, uh, many 200 barrel fermenters. So we're, we have that luxury. So we're not, um, turning over loggers quickly by any stretch of the imagination. It's, uh, you know, the diacetyl restoring fermentation. You, you, I'm sure you've had loggers before where they tasted like movie theater popcorn and that's just, you know, a, a stress yes. fermentation. <laughs> we, I've brewed one of those before, not intentionally, but I've brewed yeah. one. So, so we definitely take our time uh, for fermentation during its the, the diastole rest, during its chilling. You know, we don't rapidly cool beers. Um, it's just, you know, our process is, uh, you know, hurry up and wait, slow and low. So. Right. Now, that's something I never thought of, but you mentioned all the tank space you have. I guess for being a lager brewery, longer tanks times, you would... In order to turn over the same volume, you really would need more tanks. Absolutely. Than, uh, an ale brewery, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I know, um, you know, a lot of people getting new into the game, It's it makes sense to make 
ale production because you can't, you know, like you, you just started a business, a brewery, you know, you're putting your whole life and your, you know, blood, sweat and tears into it. And, you know, you can turn around an ale in, you know, 15, 16 days as opposed to a lager, you know, so it's uh, quicker, you know, helps helps pay the bankers. But uh, yeah, it takes uh, takes a while to make lagers and takes capacity as well. Absolutely. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back shortly with more from Bond Trap Group. Saren and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock and Alpharetta are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Aaron. See, they've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks daily, so that way you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and coming soon to Duluth in 2018. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. Craft beer forged with a reverence for tradition and new styles that start a revolution. Ironmonger Brewing. The brewers at Ironmonger Brewing pride themselves at being masters of barrel-aged, hoppy, and sour beers. They invite you to their taproom in Marietta to taste and see. Also, visit their barrel room with an intimate drinking experience with great live entertainment. Keep up to date on all things Ironmonger by liking them on Facebook. Ironmonger Brewing, establishing a new standard in craft beer. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Follow us on the socials, Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're in Atlanta, Georgia, talking with J.P. Williams from Von Trapp Brewing. So, J.P., um, earlier on we were talking about your use of uh, small smoked malts in, uh, in some of your beers. Do you have any of your beers that feature that prominently? Uh, yeah, we actually do a um, – it's kind of – um, this is where we get away from the traditional styles, but it's kind of like a smoked Bach beer. Uh, so it's a darker Bach and it's, uh, you know, it's your six, six and a half percent beer, but we use about 15% smoked malt in that, in that beer. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, to some, it tastes like an ashtray to others. It's, this is Bamberg, Germany, you know, so. <laughs> See, I didn't get that much. And I'm, I guess maybe I'm not too sensitive if some people get it as an ashtray, but, uh, I like a henna smoke, a whisk, but uh, I, I don't like a heavy one. So we had, a, I think it was a rock beer one time. And Brian said this tastes like tastes like drinking a barbecue through your nose. I believe was your that's <laughs> about right. Yeah. So balance is good. With those aren't for me. Those aren't for me. But uh, moving on to some of your other beers, we're talking about your beers right now. You brew a double IPL. Um, how's your, how's the reception been to that beer? Uh, it's been you know. Um... I, I joke, uh, it's what the kids want, you know what I mean? Uh, but no, that's actually um, our head brewer, Tom Everett. Uh, great fella, that's his recipe, and, uh, you know, that's all American hops. We use German hops, you know, we do an IPL that we use all, you know, Hercules, Hollertau Blanc, Kiel Melon, but our double IPL is Chinook, Simcoe, Citra, and Amarillo, you know, it's your... Uh, you know, it's your Pacific Northwest banging hops and uh, he did a great job and it's, um, you know, it's 8%. So it's a, a little bigger beer for uh, a lager world, but um, we do small pours next door at the beer hall and, uh, you know, it's been selling great. We did it in 16 ounce cans and uh, we kind of do uh, pre-sales through our, the states that we're sold and uh, they went real quick. So 
Yeah, because brewing lagers and German style beers now, your small pours are, I think, 16 ounce, right? You either get a liter or a 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's boots. Right. Yeah. Das Boot. Das Boot. Yeah. Uh, I, I do remember my first beer as well, but no, that's a beer fest. <laughs> yeah. beer fest. But uh, that's like one of our requirements when you get a job here is you have to watch Beer Fest and uh, tell me three jokes from it. But no, that's a joke. That sounds good. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm about to do to watch that again, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's. Uh, the half wars are eight ounces, but it's uh, it's you know we we do serve boot beer if you if you like to like to pursue yeah. that. <laughs> so speaking of variety sizes, uh, in terms of packaging, you've got I was looking through your social media, you got pictures of all kinds of interesting things. You got six pack bottles, you got twelve ounce cans, and as you just mentioned, you've got the sixteen ounce cans for the double IPL. What's is there a scheme for why you put some beers in some packaging and some in others? Uh, yeah, that's actually a great, uh, great question. We we our Kolsch that um, you you may have sampled already uh, used to be in the in the can, uh, but we moved it over to a bottle. So our bottle is our you know the traditional our core four we call them our Hellas Pilsner Vienna and Dunkel. Um, from there we have uh, seasonals that we also put in the bottles, and then we do like uh, seasonal one offs we call them uh, the double IPL the Bach beer. Uh, we do a hoppy Marzen, which is kind of like a weird, you know, that's another uh, category that's like hoppy Marzen, you know, it doesn't, you know, and it's uh but it's a great tasting beer, um, not to sell it short by any stretch of the imagination, but we do, um, so our, we do specialty release of 16 ounce cans. Okay, cool. And, but you said the regular cans, that's for all of your, your regular release beers, or is that sound like you're saying most of those are in bottles? Well? Uh, yep, no, that's all in bottles. Uh, during the summer months, we always do Vienna cans and Pilsner 12-ounce uh, cans. Uh, currently, we use Ironheart, uh, which is a, a mobile canning facility, um, but we actually just bought our own canning line, uh, CFT uh, uh, filler, uh, which will be here in November, which will give us endless possibilities to... Uh, go on the curve of which is hotter cans or bottles. <laughs> and I think especially with, with Pilsners and these lower ABV beers, these are ones people want to take to the pool, to the beach. Oh, for sure. You know, like, so those cans make them a lot lighter and easier to tote in and to tote out when you're done. So that's always a good thing. So um, you brew, JP, or you have brewed maybe a, both a Golden Hellas and a, a Nature Hellas. Am I saying that correct? Uh, not sure. Yep. It's, um, yep, sure. it's uh, kind of... Um, you know, uh, Hellas, uh, we fermented it at a colder temperature. It, it, actually, the reasoning behind this beer was um, it's, it was the 75th anniversary of uh, the Trap Family Lodge Nordic Center. Um, you know, it's a gr rich history in the United States. You know, 75 years ago, there wasn't, you know, we all didn't have cell phones and uh, Google Maps. And so people did things on their own. Uh, but it's a um, unfiltered Hellas. It's uh, natural, natural Hellas. Uh, we, we we call we call it Natty H at the brewery. I don't know if that's a good name. Natty H. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 Hellas, but it's it's it is natural form. We fermented a little cold to drive down the ester any ester production, and uh, you know it's it's unfiltered, which the yeast obviously has a different taste as well, versus stripping it out in a filter. So, so it's, it's the same yeast, but just longer, colder. Is that right? I mean, what's the turnaround? Yeah, that one was actually uh, a little bit over 60 days um, in lager time or of uh, fermentation lagering time. And uh, we just, you know, uh, wanted to make a, we, you know, we wanted to strive for the style that we know very well, which is Hellas. And uh, we just wanted to put a little spin on it. You know, we're not going to put fruit in it or... Um, because fruit is for Belgians. That's what an old Austrian guy tells me. Fruit is for Belgians. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
It is. Blues for Belgians. It sounds like a song, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, is there ever a temptation to get experimental with things? Because we've seen that uh, you guys adhere to the right hot spot, correct? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we do. We have a pilot system. We have many talented brewers on this team. Um, you know, there's people who want to, you know, we mess around all the time. We have, we obviously also have capacity right now. So we do contract brewing, which we get to do. We get to work with some really cool contract partners here, at, which is the cloudy New England IPAs. So our brew house sees it all. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. It makes, you know, it, it breaks it up. It's, uh, you know, it's fun to do a double IPA and then do a Hellas the next day. So it's uh, it really... Uh, you don't scratch up your noses and, and swear in German when someone comes in there to brew a hazy IPA? This is not possible. No, yeah. No, we, <laughs> we don't do that. No, it's... Uh, you know, okay, well, that's, yeah, good. that's good. So I have another question about Ryan, Ryan Hotspot. Brian, I think you did some research on it. I yeah. found out that... So there's a traditional Hotspot in Bavaria from 15... Okay. You, you know what? I'm going to let you go with this because you know more about it. So I... I Part of my curiosity with this was which which uh, Ryan Heiskabat do you follow? Because there's the Bavarian one from 1516, which is the, they've both been amended. But there's also the German one from I think like 1879, and they're a bit a bit limited. But at the same time, I know they've been modified, and I think the Bavarian one was actually modified to allow quote natural ingredients beyond malted grains in like 2015. Yeah. But I couldn't find much info on that. So I'm curious what your actual policy is, because you definitely mentioned Renat's about on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we definitely, we use, like I said, we have uh, spring water. That's like our, our backbone behind, you know, the, the trout family property. And then we use Weirman malt. Uh, we, we have direct shipments over from Bamberg. We have three silos, three 50,000-pound silos that we have Pilsner Vienna and Munich in. That's pretty much all of our beer base malt. Uh, German hops and yeast. Um, in fairness, I mean, if we're going to nitpick, like we do use um, like a kettle clear, uh, like a coagulant. So so that's, so, yeah, and, and it's something I think, uh, I had a friend who went over and uh, he went over and met some friends who were trying to start a craft brewery in Germany. And they said that they brewed their beers and took them to a German beer fest. And this has probably been five or six years ago. Uh, but they said the reception was horrible. You know, they didn't like it. And they said, one guy asked me if he, if he had just made him drink a uh, cleaning solution, you know, because they tried to go over there and brew IPAs. That. Now, I don't know much about the modern German uh, brewing scene, but I know as of uh, several years ago, they weren't really receptive to uh, stepping outside of those places. Yeah, I know. Um, we did a collaboration with Hope Brow. Uh, they're in like southern Bavaria, and um, they do obviously your every village has you know your brew, uh, brewery in Germany, and they do your Helles beer, your Dunkel beer, but they they do American style um, hoppy beer. You know, it's not it. They're very well received. Uh, you know, but there's it's more of um, Berlin. You know, where the younger kids. Uh, and they're also received well in Bavaria, but you know, Berlin is a college town, just like, um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of university of Georgia. This is not going to be good for our listeners. Uh, what's the <laughs> anyway, like Burlington and university of Vermont, you know what I'm saying? There's younger people, younger people are more into paradigm shifts and like being, you know, being more receptive to change. Uh, but I can definitely see your point. Um, when I went over to Germany to look at our brew house before they shipped it, it was, there was no hobby beer period. We went to a strong beer festival, and here I am, used to like the extreme extreme beer fest in Boston, where I'm thinking there's going to be 15 
18% beer and I show up and it's Bach and it's 6%, you know, like I ate a big dinner and like ready to go. But. Well, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk to us, JP. Really appreciate that. If people want to keep up with events and happenings at Von Trapp Brewing, where should they uh, Yeah, go? that'd be great. Uh, you can check out uh, VonTrappBrewing.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter and or Instagram uh, under Von Trapp. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next week, we're going to be talking with Williamston, Michigan's Old Nation Brewing Company. Remember to subscribe to Beer Guys Radio on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, and make sure to leave a review and let people know what you think. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. Duke's Mail. Do you get it? Because... Only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Dukes is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Dukes. It's got twang.